Hey guys, we're recording. Welcome back to Stripped by Sia. I am your host, Steph Sia, or Sia, or Kimchi, or whatever you want me to be. I am your host of this podcast, and we have officially wrapped season one as of last week. But uh, due to some worrisome, um, I guess, and concerned people and audience members, thank you guys. Um, I am doing a couple more bonus episodes uh, to address the situation that we're in right now and um, to kind of address why I I end things. (laughs) It's not the complete end, it's just the end of season one, but we'll get into that later. But basically, I really wanted to start this episode off and also joining in on the discussion about sex work during the time of COVID. We have been stuck in this quarantine for quite some time. I haven't recorded an episode in over a month and a half, so it's been a little while. I've been honestly a little bit nervous recording this episode by myself. It seems really odd to be talking by myself, and I don't like the sound of my voice. I like the energy of people. That's why I really pride myself on doing in-person interviews, but alas, uh, I have not been able to interview anyone (laughs) in person, um, obviously because of the very, very wildly known threat known as COVID-19, known as the coronavirus, which is a worldwide pandemic at this moment, and it's still very much going on strong. If you guys have been living under a rock, I'm not... (laughs) I don't know if we really need a definition here, but um, it is an infectious disease caused by the newly discovered coronavirus. Um, a lot of people are affected that are affected by it, they experience moderate to mild or even severe respiratory um, symptoms. And of course, in the older population, it has caused death, generally speaking. Of course, it has. there have been deaths in younger people as well. It has affected those who have a more compromised health condition. So that is why the best way to prevent the disease is to be informed of what's going on and to wash your hands because transmission is done either through respiratory droplets, through sneezes or coughs. There's also ones through surface, like contaminated surfaces as well, which is why everyone has been crazy with the disinfectant wipes and hoarding all the cleaning products and all that, which we'll get into later as well. But um, it has caused a lot of panic and has affected basically every industry that there is. So everything from our economy, which is crashing right now, anything to do with the public, so restaurants, gyms, offices, strip clubs, they've all been affected. And it's really crazy to see and watch this unfold. I'll be honest, in the beginning, uh, as I am a frequent traveler, I used to used to travel once every month to very far off places. And now I have been, I guess, lucky enough to spend time at home. <laughs> and... Um, in the beginning, I didn't think much of the coronavirus. I remember hearing about it in, I think, December is when it first happened in Wuhan, China. And I was traveling for a month in January all around Europe, and it was becoming a thing. And I just thought it would just stay where it was, you know, where the outbreaks were, which at the time was China. But then next thing you know, you hear of Italy happening, Spain becoming largely infected. And of course, now to the point where all countries have now barred down their borders and no one can enter or leave Mm -hmm. the country. It's been really crazy to see this unfold. And I was kind of I I don't know, ignorant before in not really, one, understanding the disease and the proportions and its consequences. I didn't really take it seriously because I thought it would just blow over in a month, and it it didn't. In fact, somebody at one of my works, I I used to work at a hotel down in, uh, right by the convention center in Vancouver, and one of my coworkers, unfortunately, got infected with the disease. I'm not sure exactly how I think he came back from traveling. At that moment, it started to become really real for me. And I didn't really know what was going to happen. But I remember that being on a Thursday or Friday. 
And then on Monday, I come into my office because I have an office job as well. And I think at that point, it was when the World Health Organization declared it as a pandemic. And my employer was like, everyone is going to work from home starting today. So it was just wild. And now that was that was over a month and a half ago that that, that happened. And now I'm I've been laid off from all of my jobs, so I am no longer teaching pole dancing. I'm no longer dancing in clubs or VIP or anything like that. I'm not working my office job, not working in hotels. So I am fun employed at this moment, which has been also really interesting. But as you can see, it's it's affected so many industries, which is scary to me. And it has affected so many people, whether it's the workers, the clients, people that frequent strip clubs, people that work at strip clubs, even the bartenders, everyone, everyone has been affected. And I thought how important it is to have this conversation. And because everyone's like, you have to do an episode, you just have to keep going. (laughs) So I thought being on this platform, it would be responsible of me to educate the masses and kind of address a lot of concerns that people have been having. I think by now a lot of people hopefully are kind of accustomed to how life is, aka quote-unquote the new normal. So it shouldn't come as a shock to anyone at this point. And if you're a new listener, hello. (laughs) Welcome to the new times. (laughs) It's, It's really, really been an interesting time. But um, in terms of how it affects sex workers and the sex industry, it has hit us pretty hard. And I really wanted to touch base on that. I have touched base with some of our former guests that have been on the show and how it's affected me. And we're all going to kind of get into that. So I guess for now, we'll start at the roots because, yeah, (laughs) I guess as an exotic dancer, I haven't been booked in a while anyways. Like I haven't danced in almost a year, let's be real. (laughs) But I have so many close friends that are in the industry that are listeners of this podcast that have been guests on this podcast, and a lot of us are struggling. The fact that we don't have an employer anymore, we don't have income from our jobs anymore, we don't have anywhere to work. Everything has been taken from us, and it honestly has been a really challenging time in that sense, having to kind of reimagine things and start a new hustle basically and try to to kind of cope with how this virus has pretty much changed everything so everyone and I keep saying everyone when I say everyone I mean sex workers and I also mean clients I also mean strip club owners it's basically everyone that has been affected or I would say Everyone that is somehow joined or touched by the sex industry. So whether it's a worker, whether it's a client, whether they're owners and whatnot, I just kind of want to touch base on each kind of perspective. So obviously we can start off with sex workers and how they've been affected. So loss of income. (laughs) We no longer have a revenue stream for most of us. um, It's been tricky and for those of you have who have been trying to get an online hustle or trying to get your online hustle going, it's, it's not as easy as it sounds. <laughs> if you, especially if you didn't have one to begin with, it's not just like a pick them and go. It's it's a lot of work, as a lot of people are saying. Wow, this is a really a full time job, and like there's always this ongoing joke about like, oh, you know, when the world ends, I'll just become a stripper, or when the world ends, I'll just become a gra- a cam girl. And just take off my clothes. It's more than that. <laughs> it's it's a lot of work. So I, I will definitely um, touch base on that later on, I guess, with my own story. But the clients, the people that, you know, are there, the patrons who are always there to support us financially and also in terms of a, a companion aspect as well. That's also kind of gone unless you have maintained these relationships online as well. I know we have a few of our regulars that follow us on only our OnlyFans and Instagram and Twitter and all that. So at least you have that kind of connection and hopefully 
those are those um, loyal fans are still going out and supporting us. There are ways, guys. There are ways. If you <laughs> if you are a client or a former client of you know your favorite strip club, like we love the penthouse, we love um, number five, we love Brandy's, we love the strip. We support them all. But yeah, definitely there are, there are ways to support your your fellow entertainers. Join their OnlyFans. Join their Patreon. PayPal them. Support their Amazon wish list. There's lots of ways you can help. That's another kind of avenue, I guess, and perspective where people have been disconnected in a way. Also, owners. Owners, that's tricky too because it's a loss of business. There's, since no one can go out really, nothing's open anymore, that whole revenue stream is now gone as well. So it's, it's, um, it's really tricky just seeing a lot of my favorite restaurants, even things like going to the gym, like I can't go to the pole studio, I don't have a pole in my house, like the struggle is real and it has taken a bit of time and I go in waves up and down of just like how do I beat this virus? How do I cope with this? And we'll kind of go into that in later in the episode. <laughs> There's so much stuff to cover here. So, <laughs> but um, I really wanted to speak on moving from physical work to, to online. And as I mentioned earlier, how it, that is not as easy as it may sound, especially if you don't really have an online presence, or maybe you do have an online presence, but you're just not present enough, or you don't post enough, or you're not really making any relationships. It can be really difficult for you to be fruitful at this time. It's really interesting because, especially during this time of COVID, you're seeing an influx, you know, a huge surge of new OnlyFans pages, new Patreons coming on, tons of new cam girls every day. I mean, that's just already normal, but now there's like a higher number <laughs> for sure. Um, and just... I, guess, I don't know, I guess, feeling the need or obligation to hustle even harder. I know I definitely felt that when I got laid off from my from my office job. And I was like, hey, this will be my bread and butter. I'm on contract till June. And then I got laid off in March. <laughs> surprise, surprise. <laughs> You're out of work. You don't have money anymore. What the fuck are you going to do? I definitely felt that kind of scare a little bit. It was, it was a brief scare. But, I mean... I have a good partner that would support me, but not everyone does. And also, I wouldn't want to have their help anyways. I would want. I always like to make my own money, and I've always been making my own money. I've been working since I was 14. I don't really want anyone's help. But I kind of panicked in a way, and I was like, oh, my gosh, I really got to get my OnlyFans. Like, I need to get more subscribers. <laughs> I need to get more fans. And I've had an OnlyFans page since August, but honestly, it, it was so neglected. I just didn't really care for it. I post like every day, once a day, but I'm not really engaging with anybody. And I felt a panic when I got laid off and I was like, okay, I got to get this going. I got to hustle. So I did. <laughs> I hustled my ass off and I went from like, I don't know, top 67% to the top 20% of hustlers on OnlyFans, which isn't honestly a lot. Like, how do they even measure that? I think it's measured through the amount of money you make, which I don't make money off of my fans on that at all. I make money off of doing custom videos. But anyways, <laughs> we'll get into that later, <laughs> very, very soon. <laughs> but moving from physical work to online work can be very and vastly different, especially if you don't really have a personality online or if you don't really know how to navigate. It's so much more different than hustling in person, I find. Hustling in person for me is terrifying. I hate VIPing. I hate annoying people. I always feel like I'm annoying people, like, hey, do you want to go for a dance? Like, and obviously, I'm not going to use that kind of verbiage, but like, that's how I feel in my head. But when I'm online, I feel it so much more less annoying, <laughs> if you can call it that. I just feel because I have been working on my brand for the past little while, like 
when I say pastel, why I've been working on this for like seven years, but <laughs> in just trying to perfect that image and, you know, kind of understanding what I want to portray out in the World Wide Web. It's different kind of work for sure. And I, right now, I'm trying to kind of go down each avenue and kind of seeing how that works. Because I've never been, I mean, I am a good salesperson, but I just don't like doing sales things in person. I just, again, I get discouraged easily sometimes, depending on what it is. Like, I am very money-driven, but I just don't care for hustling in that kind of way. But online, it's a little bit different. So for me, like, and in and, and general, I feel like you need to really build your online presence, really build your brand and understanding what you want to channel out there in order for you to be successful. And there are so many podcasts, there's so many, you know, Instagram pages that have how to, so I'm not going to go into that. I, I very, very much so do not want to be that kind of podcast at all. There are many of, there are many of them out there. I don't need to add to that. So yeah, feel free to do your own homework, but <laughs> it's just a little bit different online. And I, I think you need to understand your audience too and understand that the hustle you do in person is not, might not be the same as when you hustle online. For me, I'm not sure. Like maybe there is a bit of a parallel, but you need to be persistent and you need to be consistent as well. And you need to understand what people want. But there's also a fine line of, you know, what are people wanting? But also understanding your own boundaries, understanding that you might not be comfortable with putting certain things out there. You know, it, it's really up to you. But there's so many different ways and so many so much different content that you could put out there. I remember a lot of fans out there would ask, what kind of content is on your OnlyFans? I'm just like, buddy, just pay the 20 bucks and find out. Like, and I tell them, I tell them like, well, it'll have some videos on this. It'll have some photos on this. <laughs> Quote unquote, exclusive content. And it is. A lot of it is. It's a lot of outtakes and things that uh, don't go on my Instagram. Because <laughs> I hardly post my Instagram nowadays. But it is whatever you want it to be. But of course, if you have your own boundaries and you have your own restrictions, you should definitely respect that and don't feel the need that you need to post everything out there for the world to see. Sure, you can. But if you're not completely comfortable with it, don't do it. So it's... It's just really up to you. And, and it's because it's just so oversaturated, especially right now. There, there really has been a surge of like everyone having OnlyFans. I remember OnlyFans, <laughs> OnlyFans. <laughs> I remember seeing a meme about, oh, this is where everyone works. And it's like a sign that says OnlyFans, <laughs> which I thought was hilarious because it's so true. Including me, because I've like been hustling my OnlyFans. I like at least one hard post every week <laughs> it's because you have to market yourself and you have to get your name out there and how will you do that if you don't market it right so I think it's really important to understand how much work goes into it it has to be consistent you can't just be posting once a week otherwise what are people on your site for I know a lot of people that will post multiple times a day they have like they go on live, they post in the stories, do everything. And I think that I've learned so much from them too and just seeing what other of my friends post. I, sometimes I just like to like, you know, buy a subscription to like a girl that I, I think or look up to and that is doing amazing and say the top like 1.2% or whatever and just kind of learn from them to see what they're doing because you can also apply those principles to your own page too, right? So besides OnlyFans, since everyone's on that, I've also tried or started camming, which has been very interesting. Um, it's almost been on my mind to start camming. <laughs> so, and of course I had Shay Cutie on, I believe she was on episode eight of the season one of Strip Icea. And 
I learned so much from the episode and I was so inspired by just never ever took the bait. <laughs> I just never dove in because I was scared until now because I was like, well, whatever you got to lose, you got nothing, you don't got a job, you're fun employed, <laughs> uh, you need money, you have mortgage, so why not try this whole camming business? And honestly, I mean, this is what, two and a half weeks since I started camming. I only really did it for a week and a half. <laughs> it was an experience. It definitely was. It was a lot of fun. It's great and very fruitful during that first week. I made really consistent money. I think it was really great and it's really cool when you get to see those regular, your, your regulars tuning in. And, um, but also it, that itself was a lot of work. That one, it definitely felt like a job to me, especially when you don't get that boost, when you're not on the front page, it's harder for people to find you. So uh, just a recap of um, the episode with camming, uh, Lights Cam Action. We had Shay Cutie speak on this topic. And when you're a brand new member on My Free Cams, which is just for women, you get blasted on the front page for seven days. And during those seven days, you want to definitely build up some type of a following for sure. Whether you're playing games on cam or whatever, there are some tips and tricks, which I can definitely share with you guys, but I might actually just keep that for a bonus episode because there have been, there has been a lot of questions on how to one, be successful in camming and also just to in general lose your hustle. So I might just do a separate episode on that. But um, yeah, camming was definitely interesting for me. I'm not sure if I want to do that anymore. I might go live later today, but my God's probably telling me not to <laughs> just because it is a lot of work and for very, very little return in my opinion. So that was really interesting. In terms of online sex work, I have so many different channels of hustling and my hustle game has definitely changed um, since COVID started. I used to be like really lazy <laughs> and I am pretty lazy too, but like again, having that consistency, which is super key and just always having something out there available for your fans is important. But I'm not going to go into like, <laughs> I'm just not going to go into like how to become a better hustler because guys, I suck at it, but I'm doing pretty good for now and I cannot complain. So, but there are so many different channels, as I said, um, I, along with camming, I rebooted my Twitter from 10 years ago. I used to be really big on Twitter and luckily I did not delete my Twitter account because now I still have like over a thousand followers, <laughs> which is good for me. So I still have those people, which is nice, but with like a different approach now too. So it's, it's kind of interesting, but it's such a great channel for any sex worker to be on there. It's uncensored. It's, it's just free speech everywhere. It's awesome. And it's a great, great way to connect with your fellow sex workers and also find a lot of new clients. So I would definitely say reboot your Twitter for that, or at least start one if you don't already have one. What else? Yeah, I've been pushing my OnlyFans a lot. I've been selling my socks and slippers on eBand.net for all my fellow foot fetish people. So <laughs> A lot of people found that episode really interesting with my foot slave. Thank you for all the cool comments. <laughs> he really appreciated that. What else have I been doing? Skype shows, like private Skype shows. And then also there's like Snap Premium, which I haven't fully dived into yet, but that might be the next kind of experiment during this whole COVID-19 thing. So that's a lot of stuff. It's a lot of stuff. I think I, I am in this exploratory kind of, just kind of seeing what is working for me and what is not working for me and literally trying everything, which I, I mean, I have the time for now, so why the hell not? <laughs> but for me, what I find to be like the most successful is kind of the same things of what I was doing before. So custom videos and private shows. So if you want to think about that, in terms of like a private dance or a VIPing, like uh, when you're hustling, it's kind of like that. So all the money is going to be there. For me, the money is definitely there in custom videos as opposed to 
subscription services. I use subscription services like OnlyFans as a great platform to tap into my already subscribing fans because I definitely have a great number of like loyal, loyal, loyal people that will be subscribing one to my OnlyFans but also buying custom videos off of me. And for me, that is a big money maker because you can price the videos at whatever price that you'd like. What I like about OnlyFans is that it's all in American dollars, which means a little bit more extra money for us as Canadians. So to me, that's really important and also a lot more valuable. But again, it's finding those people and finding those specific clients. And those you can't just find overnight. I mean, sometimes, I don't know, I've been really lucky over the past, say, four years of being in this industry that I've definitely found a lot of loyal fans and followers that will buy the shit out of my Amazon wish list or like send me money in PayPal or e-transfer me or whatever. It's great. And I get a lot of questions in terms of like how to price custom videos and whatnot and I will probably address that in another episode because it's a very big discussion Um, (laughs) because it depends on what you're offering in your video like what exactly is the content you'll be showing but it's also like what are you into what do you actually enjoy making so I don't want you guys to sell yourself short (laughs) and stuff too but I also want people to be successful and be fruitful during this time too, when, especially when money is a little bit tight. So, so yeah, but it, it really is, honestly, and this is the only kind of tippy, advicey things <laughs> that I can give to you guys. I can only share the advice that has worked for me. And what has worked for me is always being a nice person. As cliche as that sounds, it honestly has helped me so much in every single aspect of any job I've had in terms of sex work or just any any job really is just being kind to people and just really fostering and maintaining the relationships that you make. And this is absolutely applicable to online sex work or online work in general because you are building a brand, you are kind of marketing yourself, or at least I have, and people like the personality that they see. So I have a lot of different channels, I have a lot of different mediums where my voice is heard, including this podcast, including my blog, including my live sessions, my Sia in the Kitchen cooking show on Sundays, my Filipino Fridays cooking show on Fridays, and now expanding that to YouTube. So there are a lot of platforms, but I have the same consistent person throughout all of them. Even when I'm teaching dance, even when I'm dancing on stage at the club, I'm still kind of the same fun, playful, goofy kind of person everywhere. And you want your followers and your fans to get to know you. People aren't going to give you money if they don't know you. Of course, yeah, there, there are some people that will, If you're a really good salesperson and they are easily manipulated. (laughs) But honestly, you're selling yourself, right? So if you don't have personality, it's going to be a lot harder for you. And for me, I have a big personality, so it works for me. And over these years that I've done these shows or I've, you know, portrayed myself in a certain way online, it's all the same. (laughs) Guys, I'm the same person. (laughs) I'm not acting or anything. But... It has definitely worked so well for me. I remember, where was I working? I was working at Kiwi Collection. I was the office manager there for a number of years, four years. And I just remember getting packages like every single day, especially around my birthday. I remember it's one of my birthdays and it had multiple packages every day for like the entire month of October. Just people buying things off my Amazon wish list. And it's people that had DM'd me or commented on my Instagram or whatever that have contacted me and I gave them the time of day. Contrary to what everyone else will tell you on any other podcast, it actually worked for me because people are like, oh, just delete this message. Don't respond back to them and blah, blah, blah. And I understand if you get a lot of DMs, it's very time consuming slash also annoying, but 
Uh, there were a few of them that really enjoyed my company, enjoyed the two seconds out of my day that I responded back and liked their comments or whatever. It's really important. And that has absolutely worked for me over the past four years. And I have like a good amount, like a good handful or even two handfuls. I can, I can name a bunch of people. I won't obviously name these people, but I... I can specify a lot of my followers that have been super supportive to me over the past few years because, and I can attribute to just nourishing those relationships. It's really important and it is time consuming, but now I have had that their loyalty for, as I said, four years. If I need something, I'll just message them or hey, like my Amazon wishlist was updated and then they'll just know and they'll just get something for me or whatever. Or, hey, do you want this video? I, I thought of, I thought of you when I made it and then it's an easy sell. I don't know. It, it works for me. It doesn't work for everyone. And yes, it's like a longer approach, but it's something that has helped me. And some people were asking me for advice in terms of like, how do you hustle? How do you sell this? How do you sell your videos at $275 US? How? How? This is what works for me, guys. I sell my personality. I sell, I don't know, I market myself. <laughs> like, I do a lot of cool things. I don't know. Like, it, it just works. So those are just a couple tips. I know it's not, it's not what every other podcast will tell you <laughs> or how to book or whatever ebook that they sell you. <laughs> this is free advice. Okay, this podcast is free. So <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> But yes, fostering those relationships and your following, pay attention to people. For example, when I'm doing my IG live sessions, I know who's watching. I know everyone's usernames. If they're new, I'll be like, hey, so-and-so69, welcome to the show. I'm Sia. This is my this is my podcaster. I'm Sia. This is my cooking show. Welcome. And shout them out. People like it when they get a shout out. So if you're doing that, this this advice could also be utilized towards your, your um, OnlyFans live sessions as well. Yeah. And what else would I say? I would also say just like build some anticipation as well. Make a countdown. People always know when I'm going on live, whether it's on my IG account or whether it's on my OnlyFans account as well. There's that degree of anticipation. Okay, what are we making on Sunday? You have a choice between Mapo Tofu and like Nomi Fun. You're then engaging and interacting with your following. It's another way of getting in touch with them. So it's nice putting up thirst trap content out there. That's cool too. It's just free though. Like you want to be able to charge for your premium content, which is like hopefully your nudes or something more sexy or your implieds. A lot of people are wanting to ask about like what kind of content, and I know I kind of touched on this earlier, but didn't want to talk about it, but now I guess I'll talk about it since I'm talking about it now. What kind of content do you put out there? It doesn't have to always be nudes. It doesn't have to be all these like fingering videos. If that's what you want to do, that's cool, but I don't want to do that, and I, I know people will definitely pay a lot more money for that shit, but I don't really want to do it. And if, I, if you don't want to do it, then don't do it. Don't be a sellout to yourself. You should be true to yourself. Of course, I understand you got to make money, but still, I don't know. It's really important for me to have integrity in my own product, my own brand as well. I don't want to do something just because everyone else is doing it. I've never been that kind of person. So you have to find what is best for you because what works for someone else may not work for you. And a lot of those, a lot of the times I like read stuff and I'm like, this shit does not apply to me because I don't agree with it. So I did shit my own way. So <laughs> I feel like I'm just going on so many tangents here. But yeah, no, I just really wanted to kind of stress that importance because that is what has worked for me. Hopefully it'll work for you as well. But yes, getting to know your followers, growing your audience, building some loyalty. And you can do that across multiple platforms. Really, uh, you really want to expand and like, I don't know, touch as many people as you can and try to get as much as much exposure as you can. And I do that on multiple platforms, whether it's on YouTube, Instagram, uh, Twitter, my Facebook, uh, my blog, everything. So you want to have your presence known. You got to make those steps. Join some forums, maybe join Reddit. There's a lot of places you can do things online. And that's for free. So 
get creative, <laughs> guys, get creative. I don't know what else to tell you. What else were we talking about? But yeah, I understand it's, it's tricky and it is sometimes you may feel desperate during this time too, because, Hey, I lost my money. I lost my source of income, you know, losing your drive, losing, losing your motivation, dealing with depression, dealing with weight gain, dealing with a full bush down there. <laughs> like it's, these are all the things that I've been feeling and or have felt during this time. Like I can't even count how many days we've been in quarantine now, but it's, um, I felt, I've felt a lot of things and it's difficult. It does go to waves. So it, it ha definitely has had its ups and downs. And, um, luckily this week has been an okay week. Other days have been up. Other days have been really, really low and, you know, really dark and been very antisocial, especially not seeing your friends, not being able to see your family and stuff. And just how people's behaviors have changed with the whole quarantine and COVID. It, it's just crazy. Like going out to the store, I don't want to go to, I don't go to any large stores anymore if I don't have to. Um, just behavior, and especially being an Asian individual, like it's, there's so much racism out there too. And I'm, I'm not going to go into it too much, but luckily I have not experienced any firsthand racism due to the coronavirus, but I definitely have heard of many stories and it, it worries me how drastic people's behaviors have changed and how scared people are. I just think that's where everything is stemming from. It's just a crazy time because everyone is kind of adjusting in their own way and coping in their own way. And it's not easy. It's, it's really hard. I just, I, what works for me, I don't know, like some tips on coping some people had, um, calling people has been really nice rather than texting, just this, like hearing the sound of somebody, you know, and somebody you care about like their voice or FaceTiming. Zoom is incredibly popular nowadays. I'm like, wow, I used to use Zoom for conference calls during work. Now it's just like everyone's on it, which is really great. It's such a great way to connect with people and stay in touch. Um, House Party is another great app that people are using as well, just to kind of stay in touch. Online games, I play online games with my friends like maybe once a week or every two weeks through uh, Jackbox if you have a PS4. That's what I use. I think right now it's just important to try to feel human because right now it doesn't really feel real. Nothing really feels real right now. It feels really bizarre. Almost feels like we're going backwards. And it's like weird for sure. It's super weird. And I think it's important to just get in touch with your loved ones, get in touch with your friends and stay healthy and happy and motivated. And there were some weeks for me that personally were really dark with COVID, you know, not being able, especially not being able to dance anymore. I don't have a pole at my house. I obviously the clubs are closed. Like there's no place for me to dance. Like even the studios are closed. The gym in my building is closed. I can't use any of that. I don't have enough space in my apartment because it's tiny because I live in Vancouver. Um, so it's, been really trying but I've been doing my best every day in terms of getting up and putting on real clothes for me wearing sweatpants and exercise yoga pants and stuff every day just doesn't help me at all it doesn't motivate me it doesn't give me any drive it is not comfortable because I, I don't feel like me so I started putting makeup every day also because I'm filming YouTube <laughs> YouTube videos every day and going live every day I'm giving myself a purpose you know like I've always been a person that does a lot and from going from being away from my house usually from 8 a.m to 10 p.m at night and then now going and staying in every day and just seeing the same person every day has been challenging it's been really 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 hard but finding that motivation that inner motivation and also just getting off Netflix getting off social media even though I'm super tied to social media is so hard um has been helpful and just finding things you love to do and creating new hobbies and keeping yourself 
busy for me helps. So for me, I have been relearning Spanish again off Duolingo. I've taught myself how to video edit. I started my YouTube channel because this is something I always wanted to do. I never had time for it. And I'm learning something new. So I think learning or educating yourself in some way can be really helpful. And there's so many different avenues for you to do that. I'm not just saying like enroll in the course online, which I think is great. And my, my sister has done that. People I know have done that. That's awesome. It's just not for me. I'm learning in my own different way. I'm learning software. I'm learning different applications. To me, that is more beneficial for me. So that's a couple ways that I kind of feel motivated or at least have positive motivators. It's, um, it's, Feeling of being productive, I think, is so, so, so helpful, especially during this time, donating to a cause, especially frontline workers, essential workers that are out there, supporting your local businesses, getting takeout from your favorite restaurants, ordering Ernest ice cream online for yourself. Those are all ways that you can help people, <laughs> the economy, <laughs> the economy is sinking right now. So <laughs> those are just some kind of ways that keep me driven and for me that is super helpful I also just bought a very large piece of artwork that makes me very happy in my otherwise very barren apartment so just small things like that I think keep me positive and keep me happy and also keep me sane I've also been just like cooking and baking a lot so if you guys live in East Bend let me know if you want some treats there's always treats in my house but yeah, like those are just a couple ways to kind of stay sane during this time of COVID since obviously I think most of us, this is the only kind of pandemic you'll ever have to experience in life. <laughs> so just, I don't know, take advantage of the time. I'm definitely taking advantage of this time off. It's been kind of great. <laughs> and just like keeping in touch with people from around the world. It's been honestly eye-opening and also a really good break for me and a nice much needed pause. So I know some people were asking as well um, with the Canadian uh, Emergency Response Benefit, CERB, in terms of sex workers, what our government is doing to help them. So I'm so glad that I'm recording this episode now because there was generally like a lot of confusion and I was in so many like worker groups and like <laughs> EI groups and I lost my gig groups that were like so there's just information overload and the wording was not very helpful at all but the short answer is yes sex workers can be eligible for the CERB guys so if you are making I think it's a less than or up to a thousand dollars a week you are eligible to receive the CERB, and if you don't know what the CERB or the Canadian Emergency Response Benefit, it's $2,000 per month for up to a maximum of four months. So we're already basically in the second, I guess, payment segment already. So if you haven't already applied, please call in. There are certain days where you can call in uh, depending on what month you were born. So yes, if you haven't already done that, take advantage of it if you can, and make sure you're being truthful because this $2,000 a month, you will be taxing it at the end. So FYI for your taxes next year, FYI, <laughs> apparently you will be audited if you are untruthful. If you just call the number, it's like a 1-800 number. It'll explain everything. It's also all available online. It takes a second to do. I did mine um, within five minutes each time. Super quick, super easy. Thank you, Justin Trudeau, for doing that. <laughs> Yay. But I'm also, like, scared. Like, what's going to happen to our economy? <laughs> How much further in debt is our government going to go in? Yes, lots of thoughts and like lots, lots of ramblings. <laughs> I've had a lot of time to think about this and to talk to myself. And also hearing my voice on this podcast is really freaking weird. Anyways. <laughs> but, yeah, no, it's um, it's definitely helpful, especially a lot of us have rent. There's also, like, a... a a housing uh, initiative as well that you may be eligible for. It's up to $500, I think. Um, but there are certain requirements that you must meet, I think, if you are facing eviction or something like that, or if you, like, missed payments, then you can be eligible for that. Same with your BC Hydro Bill. There's, like, a lot of different initiatives going on. Scotiabank's also doing um, a thing where you can defer your mortgage and whatnot. 
But um, yeah, there's a lot of information out there. I'm not going to address all of them, but the CERB is pretty big. So hopefully you guys have taken advantage of that and are getting that because it does help, especially if you're just buying groceries and stuff. I can't imagine a lot of people's bills exceeding that right now at least like my bills were crazy before but now I'm hardly paying for anything so it's been really nice so that should hopefully be enough um well I'm speaking as a single a single female that lives alone so it's definitely enough for me it's definitely helpful and great um not just for sex workers but also people that are in different types of like creative work it's definitely helpful for them too. Anyone that has a gig, basically. So thank you for that. What else? Post-COVID. There are a lot of articles about going back to normalcy. What is normal? How are we going to recover from this? What's going to happen to small businesses? There's so many questions out there. What's going to happen to strip clubs? What's going to happen to like lap dances and stuff like that? And, and like, what's going to happen? And the big, it's a big question mark. We don't know. I don't know my thoughts on it it's not gonna just go back to normal just like that once the borders are open once everything opens again it's just I don't think it's gonna be business as usual I think people are people are going to be very cautious especially considering people's actions and how reactive people are and their behaviors are now I think people are going to be a bit more cautious and a little bit more scared I don't know like being picky choosy about when they go out, where they go out, what they're what they're touching, or overall hygiene and cleanliness, and things like that, like big places where there are a lot of people, like gyms and stuff like that, and restaurants, and because we saw how fast people got infected, right? It's it was tenfold. I mean, luckily here in Canada, it hasn't been that bad on the west coast, at least in Vancouver, where I'm recording from, but it. If you look at our neighbors down south, it's just, oh my god, what the hell is going on down there? It's just insane. And I think today that I'm recording, the state of Georgia is like, everything's open for business again. I'm just really curious to see if they will have a lot more, or if they're going to have like a higher rate of infection. Who knows? This virus takes two weeks to incubate, so I don't really know. And you, the symptoms are very similar to flu right? So it's, those are just pretty normal symptoms that you would, um, you would familiarize yourself with. So I don't know what's going to happen when we reopen. I don't know what happens when strip clubs are going to go open. I don't know, but I don't know. I think the whole working from home thing, a lot of companies will be more open to it because they have been forced in that kind of situation. And honestly, as as a person that works for corporate or used to work for corporate the importance of having that option is so so key and especially not just because of the pandemic and not just because of I don't know whatever like it's important to have that option and I know some companies especially traditional ones are just very picky choosy about it and like only certain people can do that certain members can do that and whatnot but I think it's important to have that and hopefully that work from home option will be here to stay and will be much more widely accepted moving forward but other than that like I, I don't know like there's just there's so many industries that are affected by this and it's just so hard to imagine like what's going to happen like I don't even know when our borders are going to be open what traveling is going to be like having worked in the luxury travel industry for a very long time, like I know tourism is taking a massive hit. Obviously it's going to take years to recover, at least five years to recover from this. If that, just cause I used to work with like a lot of like luxury hotels and stuff, everyone's suffering. My hotel that I used to work for closed, like there's no one there anymore. It's just super eerie. And a lot of other hotels have been closed as well. So I don't know what's going to happen in terms of that. What's going to happen in terms of tourism in the city, in terms of customers, in terms of anything like public facing. I don't know. Sorry, I don't have an answer for it. But um, I'm just scared that small businesses won't be able to survive it. I'm worried about strip clubs not being able to reopen. This is a huge, huge, huge loss of revenue. Same with restaurants, my favorite restaurants, not being able to open because that's like a huge, like there's just so much money just going down the drain. 
So I don't know. I just hope people can survive this. And I hope if there's some way the government can provide something that won't be digging us into a wider hole. Who knows? But um, there's just so many topics to cover. What does it mean for this podcast? I, I mean, I kind of addressed it in the last episode. And I was like, I don't know. It was just the end of season one. Like, do you want to be able to record via Zoom? And I might dabble with that like I might I think do a mini COVID series just because there are so many questions and this is just a big rambly episode and I don't like hearing my own voice I really don't like hearing my voice my own voice is so weird but also there are so many topics here that I know can have a fuller discussion and I want to address, I, I want to know, I know some people that are working in the front lines and I, that are also part of the sex industry and are sex workers. And I would like to speak with them. I've already kind of spoken with them to see if they want to be an episode. They said yes. And also um, how other people are hustling too, how it's affected them. Because I can only speak for myself. I never want to impose my opinion on anyone else. This is just what's happening to me. And these are my own personal stories. So yeah, I am... Um, I do want to continue, of course. I love recording. I love doing this podcast. Felt so sad to be kind of not having any episodes coming out. Like, I'm recording this on Fridays, coming out in two days. <laughs> it's so crazy. But I thought it was important for me to address the whole COVID thing. So, season two will be coming once the borders are open, once everything's open. Because basically, guys, I had a a lot of fun and fantastic episodes that were going to be recorded for this but unfortunately I wasn't able to travel for them so I was supposed to go to Victoria there is some people I want to speak with there one of them one of them who unfortunately contacted coronavirus which reminds me I'm gonna have to follow up with her to see how she's doing but I had to cancel out of my own safety and I'm glad we actually canceled at the same time. She's like, by the way. And I'm like, by the way, sorry. So um, that, I had a whole segment dedicated to Portland strippers. I had four episodes I was supposed to do. Um, I was supposed to record with some really cool fucking people in the industry making really big waves down in Portland. And of course, Portland is like a, strip, a stripper mecca. Okay, guys, it's I love Portland, first of all. Not just for strippers, but also for food, everything, culture, books. And it's just close to Vancouver. So I do want to reconnect with them. I, I have said once this opens up, I would still love to have you on my show. So I would love to open season two with that. So yeah, and plus I had like a whole long, long, long list of people that were on my wait list to want to be recorded. And um, I will have to get back to those people. So right now it's kind of a point where it's like, hey, do I wait for everything to open again so I can record in person, which I personally love because I get to meet everyone and really, again, build those relationships and build those connections with people, which I love to do. Or can I just do the online, sacrifice a bit of sound quality and still connect with people on a virtual basis? So I'm still deciding. Let me know what you guys like or what you guys want. Obviously, I want to continue, so we'll see how it goes. But yeah. It's not the end, but it's the end of season one. So enjoy these bonus episodes while they are happening. And then hopefully season two will get up as soon as possible because I love this show. So I'm not just tooting my own horn. I love this and I love you guys. And I love educating everyone about sex work and just normalizing that. So hopefully you guys didn't mind all my rambling today. But um, there are some Q&A. <laughs> there, are, there are some Q&A. So I will address those I just didn't realize I was talking for an hour Jesus Christ I'm gonna have to edit this episode down a lot um but I guess we'll go into it um are you afraid of the coronavirus the answer is no the only thing I'm afraid of is potentially contracting the disease and and infecting someone I love so like my partner or my mom or whoever or just anyone I just don't want to infect anyone I don't want to be selfish I don't want to be that person so yes I am taking it seriously I am wearing a mask I uh, not right now but I am practicing social distancing too and staying at home and just minimizing my footprint everywhere so as everyone should be doing like I, even still on sunny days in the past week or last two weeks in Vancouver I still saw so many irresponsible groups of people like four five people and I'm pretty sure they all did not live in the same household still meeting up not maintaining a social distance and just 
being stupid about the whole thing. So guys, just be responsible. We all want this virus to be done. Although I am personally enjoying the time off, but that's just me. <laughs> but yes, we would like the world to keep turning. <laughs> I mean, it still is, but we want to get back to doing things that we love. So just be responsible. Um, a polite question out of curiosity and respect. Are you in the industry? I guess you are new to the show. Yes. I am in the industry, although I would say I'm very, very rusty because I have not danced on stage since like end of July, beginning of August last year, which is when I decided to start the podcast. <laughs> so the irony, but the answer is yes. What's the average, oh God, what is the average quote unquote shelf life of a stripper and what happens after their stripper career ends? I don't like to say there's a shelf life of a stripper. There's an expiry date. It just seems really misogynistic. <laughs> so I don't want to say average because there's no average. I know a lot of, you know, performers and entertainers that are older and they're much older than me. So I'll just leave like at that. I'm 30, turning 31. And a lot of people will say, wow, you're really old to be a stripper. But um, yeah, am I too old to make money? No. So <laughs> Yeah, and what happens after their stripper careers end? I don't know. Like, they got a job or something. I'm not sure, guys. Like, everyone is different. Everyone has their own past. I'm not sure. It just depends what they want to do. So, I'm sorry. <laughs> I have a question in Spanish. Lo que estás haciendo hoy te lleva donde quieres estar mañana. So, luckily, I'm learning Spanish again. I know what that means. So basically, what the gist of that question means is what are you doing today? And um, what are you doing today that takes you where you want to be tomorrow? As I said earlier, I'm really focusing right now on just teaching myself different tools and applications. So right now, I'm, I'm teaching myself Final Cut Pro so I can edit videos, work my YouTube channel and make my own content where I don't have to pay people and doing that and just, I don't know, teaching myself about SEO and just trying to help myself market myself better. I don't know. That prepares me for tomorrow. I'm always learning something. I'm always doing something. That's why I'm so busy. <laughs> Still busy in the time of uh, COVID, <laughs> which is kind of crazy. But yeah, every every step that you take to this day will always help you tomorrow, hopefully, unless you're doing nothing. And there's nothing wrong with doing nothing. I just am built in this way where I have to be doing things all the time. So that's just me, but um, yeah. And also just trying new things. Trying new things helps you experience things and learn. So those are essential things and also really important. I'm also getting really thirsty right now, <laughs> but we're almost done. Are sex workers eligible for a CERB? Yes, I have mentioned that maybe about 15 minutes ago. Yes, they are, uh, or 20 minutes ago. Are they eligible? The answer is yes. As long as you're making up to $1,000 a week, yes, you are eligible for the CERB, which is $2,000 a month provided by the Canadian government. Thank you. Do your customer, do your customer flow decrease because people have less money in quarantine? I guess she's saying, is there less customers now because people are making less money in quarantine? Um, I don't know. It really depends because a lot of people are making the same money because they're working from home. So it honestly hasn't really... I can't really say, but for me, I've had an influx of new followers and like fans and stuff and I've been doing pretty well for myself during this time of quarantine. So for me, I don't think it's affected it at all. Maybe just for some people, maybe it is for certain clients that have gone laid off or have lost their jobs. Obviously, I hope they would not be spending um, money on people. I mean, it's great that you're supporting your local stripper or local like anyone um, local sex worker, but I wouldn't want them to be going in debt because of it. So just be wise about your money. But it, at the end of the day, it is your money. So for me, no, it ha I have not seen a decrease at all. Did anyone ask you to do any COVID themed content on your OnlyFans? <laughs> I have not. Uh, no one, none of my fans have asked me to do any COVID themed quarantine kind of OnlyFans videos. No. I do have a mask, but I am using the mask. It is an N95 mask for its intended purpose, and that is when I go outside and not in my own house because that would be stupid. And then those germs, because I, re I reuse my mask, I don't want to risk brushing those germs anywhere else in my house. So, yeah, no. <laughs> uh, what are the pros and cons of the online hustle? I think I kind of mentioned that earlier. 
you really have to hustle. <laughs> there's there's a lot of untapped territory out there. There's a lot of people that you can get in touch with. So I think that's great. It's just wherever you want to take it, really. The cons of it, I don't really think there are a lot of cons except for if you don't want your content out there, there is also that risk of your content being stolen. Um, there's also obviously bad people out there that will also try to scam you, but that's also applicable in real life too. There's always scammers everywhere. So you just have to be careful. Just be mindful of what you're putting out there. Be mindful and kind of just take everything with a grain of salt when you're talking to people online as well. Just practice those same precautions as you would do in person, guys. Cons of OnlyFans. Uh, no cons. I know I like OnlyFans a lot. But sometimes it takes a while for the money to get processed. <laughs> Those are my only cons, I would say. But I think it's a great platform. And I think everyone needs to be on it. And it's a great way to make money. And a nice little place for your fans to adore you and pay you money. So why? what's wrong with that? I think it's great. <laughs> How would an online hustle, i.e. cam girl, affect your career that requires a quote-unquote clean rep? Um... Well, okay, so this will be a bigger episode, and you can kind of listen to it on the Cam Girl, but um, the Cam Girl episode, which was Lights Cam Action, I believe that's episode eight with Shake Beauty. She she definitely kind of goes over that, but yeah, just having a different screen name, um, tagging off your location, like your geotagging location, make sure that's off, um, protecting your identity, just you know, you kind of fake it a little bit. Uh, if you are on cam and you are facing a window, maybe block that window or like cover it with blinds or something where you don't have any indicators of what's outside. Because I remember um, on the Cirque du Soleil episode, I think that was episode 13 or something, the cam couple that was on that show, uh, on the episode, someone was like, hey, I know that that juice shop you must be in this city because they only have that in this city, in this country. So any of those like kind of indicators is just a precautionary, just just have a neutral background or just have something else where you can't identify where you are because there are some crazy people out there and you should do your best on protecting yourself. So yeah, that can affect your, your career online. But if you, I guess maybe this is almost like a two-part question I could see it's like, how would you want to transition if you're going from like some kind of online hustle or if you want to do it at the same time, just be either open about it, which is what I do, which might not be the best advice for people, but just have a stage name or have some kind of other name or maybe like blur out your face if you want on your avatars or in your photos so you can't be identified. Obviously, you're not going to put this on your LinkedIn. <laughs> Don't do that, guys. Um, how do you think a post-COVID society would feel about lap dances? As I said earlier, in terms of like things getting back to quote-unquote normalcy, I think people will be a little apprehensive at first, for sure. Um, it will take some getting time to get used to things again, and it might not just, like I don't think we're going to be able to snap back just right away. So uh, lap dances... I'm not sure if, if clubs will even have lap chances. I'm not sure. I think that might have to be up to the club owner or something, but it is a huge moneymaker, so I'm not sure how they would navigate through that. That would be a great question to ask some strip club owners. So maybe if I continue to do my COVID series, I'll ask some owners on the show what they feel about that. How has the coronavirus affected escorts? Interesting, yeah. Like a lot of uh, my, well, I only have a couple of my friends. <laughs> that have definitely taken everything online as a safety precaution. But I also know some people that have met up with some of their clients um, and that is a risk you are taking. I Hopefully you don't have any roommates or anything like that too and you're kind of maintaining where you go. I, I just wouldn't want you to get yourself infected or affect anybody else because it is risky. I would say, wow, there's a lot of traffic outside. <laughs> What's happening on Hastings Street? <laughs> I would say that is a risk, a big risk. I would not personally do it. I'm not sure what other escorts are doing, but I can only speak in some of my friends who have shared with me that have been going out on dates and have been having sessions and in calls and whatnot and out calls. Just be careful. 
just be careful and just be responsible, guys. That's all I can say. And um, if you want, I can see if I can interview some of them or have some sound bites. And I'm not sure if that would be enough for a full episode, but I can definitely see what I can do for that to answer that question um, with more depth because <laughs> I can't speak on them personally. But yeah, they're asking also, I guess, fewer clients, riskier clients. Uh, I don't know. So I'll have to get back to you guys. But that brings me to the end of this episode. <laughs> so weird to be by myself. I don't like it. Uh, I don't like talking by myself for an hour plus. But hopefully you guys are still listening. And hopefully I answered some of your questions in terms of like how we deal with coronavirus, how we move forward with this and what's going to happen next and what's going to happen to the podcast and what's going to happen to sex workers and what is going to happen. Who knows? Again, as I said, it's a big question mark. So we do not know, but um, I will continue this mini series. I am going to have an AMA, I think next week as well, because there are lots of questions that came in that people have had throughout the course of season one that have asked me. So I'm going to answer your common questions as well as any questions that you may have. So um, if you have any other questions, feel free to get at me. So Sia Steph is my personal Instagram or Strip by Sia. Feel free to relay those questions that way. And hopefully you guys are still listening. Guys, I just tend to go on a lot of tangents. So <laughs> hopefully this has helped you help this has helped you understand kind of what we're going through during this weird time of corona and um, how we navigate through it. And hopefully it's given you guys some insight whether or not you're in the sex industry. Hopefully it's been comforting in some way and or informative. So thank you for listening and I will catch you guys in for another bonus episode next week. will be an AMA with me. <laughs> so much fun. Okay, we'll see you guys next week. Take care. New episode next Sunday. Bye. Ian